the Youthscape podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people. Rachel Gardner with my lovely, lovely friend Martin Saunders. Martin, hello. What were you doing this time last year? Oh gosh. Do you have any memory of that? Well, I, we are recording before. Mm. It's worth saying we're recording yes, slightly ahead of time. We are. Um, so, so I'm asking you about the end of February. If that yeah. doesn't kind of blow our cover too much. Wow, you really have just removed the fourth wall. There, haven't you? Gosh. What were you doing last Feb? What were you doing? I don't know. Like going to work. Like. You know, having I used to go to the cinema a lot. I know it's a real habit of going to the cinema. I used to love that. Oh, yeah. on your own with a big, yeah. with a big thing of popcorn. No, I'd never get a big thing of popcorn. Head. Big thing of coffee, and uh, and then I'd go and watch a film. Yeah, oh. I used to love that. And um, and yeah, I could just make up lies and say I went to the gym all the time. Yeah, I was always <laughs> working out, pushing those, um, you know, pump, pumping iron. Yes. Pumping iron. Oh, pumping no. iron. That sounded believable, didn't it? <laughs> oh, I was always yeah. pumping iron. Well, the guests that we've got, Stacey, I, I am sure that about this time last year, I was up in Scotland with him. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I had, like, this time last year, I went to Scotland, to Aviemore, actually, twice yeah. in about two weeks, and I drove both times because I foolishly had recently moved to Preston and got these invites to go and speak in Scotland, and I said this, Martin, oh, Oh, I'm, I'm going to be quite close. I'll, yeah, I'll just try. Yeah, it's not far, is it, Scotland? It's about six hours from Preston up to Avonmore. Brilliant. So uh, I drove I drove up. But the but the infamous story is I drove up to, to Deep Impact. You've been to Deep Impact, haven't you? No, they've never invited me. <gasps> they've never invited you. No. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant youth ministry conference. I'm sure it is. They're just, they just clearly have a, enough speakers. <laughs> I think me and Lucy have been a few times from Utah, and it's in a beautiful hotel in this resort called Avimore, which is the most mm. stunning, like it, gorgeous snow-covered mountains. And I drove up there, and uh, I I nearly didn't arrive because my car ran out of petrol. And then when I eventually got to a garage, literally in the high, I mean, and we're talking in the Highlands, my card didn't work. Oh, and oh I, no! And I, and I tried. Listen, I tried ringing everybody, including my husband's friends, anyone who could just over the phone pay for my petrol. And I couldn't get hold of anyone. They were all like, great, she's in Scotland. It's just someone else's problem. Didn't answer the phone. So wow. I was there for an hour and a half. In the end, I was like getting really distraught. And this lovely guy, in the end, just paid for my petrol. And, and you know, just paid the petrol and walked off. I'm sure as an angel. Wow. But so the fact of actually getting... Anyway, so I, like a total oversharer, told this sub story at Deep Impact. Scottish youth workers are amazingly generous because that night I was given so much cash to make sure I didn't run out of petrol on the way home. Oh, goodness. So I have such a soft spot for Scottish people, particularly youth workers in Avonmore this time last year. Wow. You're like, this poor woman, she needs to get home. And, and any, any kind of speakers who are listening to this and thinking, I'm a bit short at the moment, <laughs> drop that story on Sunday. Just you never know, people will start sending you cash. Wow, Bless I know a lot of people are wondering this. Did you try and ring me? 
Because I, I feel you're always ringing me for trying to borrow money off of me. No, I did. I did ring did you. Did you? I rang people here at Pressaminster. Oh. And also, I had a Monzo card. So I was also thinking about who else do I know on Monzo? Because you can really easy put money across. So I was like, thinking, like I was looking on Monzo. Who do I, whose name do I know? It was just <laughs> All right, awful. someone's on commission. So, and so I was just saying to, look at her, I was saying to some woman, oh, I'll just call a friend. And I literally, nobody answered the phone. So I was like, not oh. only have I run out of petrol and have no money. I've run out of friends. Like, no friends. Yeah. And classic me, it was winter and snow and I was wearing this ridiculous flimsy dress and and cowboy boots. Why does this <laughs> stuff literally only happen to you? What what is it with you and transport, places, get, transport? Getting places. Getting it really does seem to be an issue. I, um uh, yeah, well I we all know that I am in special measures at work. And it is it does not yeah, transport. I have run you a few times on a train. I'm not gonna get I'm in yeah. Bedford and the bus is broken up. Anyway, so we all now know, well catalogued, that I do struggle with life. Just the very basic things of life I find very challenging. I think, but... you know, that people love that vulnerability in you, <laughs> Rachel. It makes us all feel a little bit more able to face our own inadequacies. Everyone in my orbit, though, is like, no, she could just sort her life out a bit more. She just is a steward her life better. But, um, I'm so glad that our lovely guest today, because he was hilarious when I was in Scotland, he was like, you just need a glass of whiskey and you just eat a glass. I was like, oh, okay then. Yeah. So uh, I am so pleased that we have brilliant Des Johnson, who um, he's the, he's the boss of Alpha in Scotland. Let's dive into the interview. And then afterwards, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about this issue uh, and the question of evangelism in the time of pandemic. Here's Des Johnston. Just delighted to be joined by one of my new best mates. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say it in this, this new world of online where you only ever see each other online. This is my friend Des. And initially, dear listeners, I was going to say to you that Des is the big cheese of Alpha Scotland. But I've heard, Des, that your title has, has changed somewhat during lockdown. Do you want to, do you want to explain yeah. what it is that you actually that you do and you are? Tell us Yeah, you yeah. Hey, mate, it's so good to come and hang out with you guys. Love this. But my new uh, job title is Europe, the Middle East and North Africa Alpha Youth Ambassador, as well as Director of Alpha Scotland. Have they, like, stretched time for you? I mean, do you have, like, extra weeks that the rest of us don't have? Well, yeah, it's called having small children, Rachel, as you well know. <laughs> so you wake up at 4am, you know, they go to bed at 9. You've got, you've got extra hours in the day, that you know. That's true. That is very true. And you multitask beautifully in those in those wee small hours, don't you? Now, Des, I, uh, I first met you. I, I think I probably first met you years ago at some event. Mm. But I sort of properly reconnected with you and your wife. Um, in Scotland a few times. It was this time last year, wasn't it? For Deep yeah, Impact. Yeah. Deep Impact. Which yeah, is loving a the dream. fantastic conference up in Scotland. Any chance anyone gets to go up in Avonmore, it is stunning. Stunning. And then I also hung out with Fiona, I think the following weekend last year. I, I drove my kids all the way to Avonmore. Now there's one thing that connected my experience of hanging out with you and my experience yeah. of hanging out with Fiona. And it was a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about whiskey, yeah. mate? Yeah, because <laughs> well, you're a connoisseur, aren't you? I I like to think that I have shared in the Holy Spirit of both Jesus and the Space Side Malts. Yes, so. <laughs> 
And in fact, I think it was at Deep Impact that I, I hung out with a couple of people and you were included and I had some whiskey and that night I was emptied of all but love. I mean, I was so ah, ill. Yeah. I, I only had yes. a little bit of it. I was like, oh my goodness, I can't handle this There, there was a slight concern that I was going to have to fill in for you. And it was, <laughs> do, do I approach it as Rachel? You know, do I get dressed up, you know, do the thing? Or do I just cover for her? You know, so but it was okay. You made it. You made it. it. Was yeah, right, but you're right. You know? oh, it's dude. a real sign of her purity, isn't it? That <laughs> that she can't even take a, a dram of whiskey yes. without so without falling apart. Yeah, I would so like to say it was Rachel that was leading us astray. It was nothing to do with us, but you know. Um, I know. You know just, just cover all of our bases, but <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's great to have you join us, Des. And and um, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm tempted to ask you to speak on behalf of the whole of North Africa and Middle East and Europe and Scotland. But but really, I'm just we're really interested to hear. You know what what from what you see, what impact do you see this latest lockdown and COVID having on on youth ministry and how you're connecting with people? What's what's going yeah. on? Wow, it's it's such a massive, massive issue, massive question, isn't it? You know, and, and actually I've been describing it somewhat as the first lockdown felt a little bit like a summer holiday. You know, we were all out clapping in the street, doing Joe Wicks, yeah. keeping fit. It was all good. Mm. And then the second one was about saving Christmas. Mm. And we could all, you know, agree that, yeah, we need, you know, we want to see mum for Christmas dinner. And this third lockdown just is about survival. It's it, literally, like, I don't know if you guys feel that, but it's just about getting through to this next point, you know, and um, and certainly for us, like, we've been in lockdown since October last year, because um, we stay near Glasgow, so it's been, it's been tough, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's one of the things, especially for young people, like, where, where, where's your hope within that? Like, how, how can you see an end point to this? Because as leaders, I'm struggling to see an end point to it. You know, I know there is an end point, but, you know, especially in that place of young people with always asking what's next as well, like how how do we tackle these issues? It's been especially gruelling if you're in Scotland, actually. Uh, we've, we've got a member of the Youthscape team, actually, who is holed up in Aberdeen. Uh, oh, right. And uh, she's working from Aberdeen and has been for months. But, um, uh, you know, just talking to her, it's clear that... Um, that things have actually been different if you're in Scotland to mm. to, to those of us that are in England, um, because the restrictions have just been that little bit more intense. Is there a sense of um, of it being really quite strict and really quite serious, and has it has that really lasted as long as since October? Yeah, I, I think yes, I know, Martin. To be honest, um, so if you would speak to my amazing colleague Laura who I must give a shout out to hi Laura um but Laura um has has really felt it especially around like kind of October time but then you kind of move out of that phase and then I really felt it around January Hmm. and other members of my team have felt the same so I think it's it's like peaks and troughs of you know these moments where it's like hey it's okay it's not that bad you know we get to spend time at home and do that stuff but then you have those dark days where you're like, I am, I've been stuck in my house. Like, so for me personally, mm. my living room, dining room, a place where I hang out with my wife, place where I hang out with my kids, place where I have my own time is all the same room just now. Wow. Yeah. And has been since March last year, you know, so, mm. so I think from that point of view and, and for us, you know, schools are still off. 
yeah. um, you know, and that's been kind of extended. So there's just not even people going about, you know, there's not the the same human traffic, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that just makes everything feel like a little bit weird, you know, and yeah. um, let alone trying to get your head around going around a supermarket with a mask on, mm. you know, mm. like mm. we, um, we, we've got a friend who's just had a, a baby who's about a year old and literally will never seen, have seen anyone in public without a mask on. Mm, yeah. You know, when you when you think about just, you're like, oh, that's a strange concept, you know. Yeah. So it, I think it does feel different. And I think the Scottish government have been more cautious, which I don't disagree with. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think it has just been a different approach. And, you know, looking at the Europe thing, it's really interesting because I was talking to someone last week who was in a Starbucks sitting having a coffee with someone yes, I, I was know. like yeah. Yeah. oh like yeah. do you remember when you were allowed to do that yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. so how, how have you found sort of holding your teams because lots of people listening to this might be doing youth ministry on their own others might have a team of volunteers they've got to be trying mm. to kind of keep motivated over, you know, through a few different seasons of lockdown how have you found it Des? you're so relational how have you kept hold of people and kept morale yeah, so I put a mirror next to my desk, Rachel, and I just talk to myself a lot of the time. <laughs> no, I won't do it. I, um, I actually find that what, what we've done as a team is we've just we've just been really open and honest. And I've just said to everyone, like I've been checking in with everyone all the time. And the same with young people that I connect in with and friends and stuff. And just saying, how are you getting on? And don't give me the Christian fine. Yeah. Like, how are you actually getting on? And just making space to to say that, and and actually, if if someone's struggling, give them some time off. Mm. You know, if if someone's like really feeling their backs against the wall, you know, we need to create the space to allow people to do that. And especially in my team, that's been a lot easier. But as leaders, we need to give that to ourselves. Yeah. So I've actually been approaching things a little bit differently. So right at the start, you know. It was it was awkward if the kids came crashing into a Zoom meeting, or you know, like you're like, oh, I'm really really sorry and felt guilty, and I was like, actually, I'm just I'm just going to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not, it's not okay. Like actually, mm-hmm. I'm at home with my kids, and see today, if this is the one thing that I achieve, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Everything else can fall to bits. Like God is ultimately in control. Des Johnston is not in control. Mm. The world is not going to fall to bits if I don't make the next 12 Zoom meetings. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I think we just need to give ourselves that grace as well of, because I think team leaders especially are always really good at giving out to everyone else. But yeah. actually reflecting that back to say, hey, like, things are hard. Pace yourself well. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. So, so we've talked a little bit about how difficult it's been, but I sense... I sense there's some optimism as well. There's some signs of hope for you. So you're obviously, you're actually, you know, uh, running some alpha courses online and you're doing some mm-hmm. stuff, uh, innovative youth work uh, kind of in this time. So what's some of the good stuff that, that's gone on that you've seen in the last year? Well, not to draw too fine a point on it, Martin, but alpha is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Um, no, like, <laughs> so alpha online has just been amazing for us. So, you know, March last year, alpha online didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And then over the next 10 days, we basically said, hey, what would this look like? Mm-hmm. And we got, so I personally run 16 online alpha courses so far. Wow. We've had <sighs> um, 400 running in Scotland. We've had, you know, about nearly, yeah, thousands running all over the UK. 
And it, and it's actually been phenomenal just to see the way that the church has been able to move into that space and actually meet mm. people in that space. Mm. And the real thing for me is that we're reaching people that we never see coming to church before. So for me personally, I've, I've had three friends. I used to be a Glasgow bouncer. I know this is a podcast, but check out my Instagram. You'll understand. And then <laughs> when um, when I worked on the doors, like, you know, I became a Christian. None of these guys would come to church ever. But yeah. three of them came on Alpha. One of them became a Christian, comes to church. Mm-hmm. You know, like, actually, we'd never have came in the building. But being able to meet online in a safe space with a friend has, has just made that made that option available you know there's uh, a couple of stories we've got of people who are housebound you know they struggle to get in and out we'd never have been able to come to alpha really maybe struggle to get to church now and about they can connect in they're at church every sunday you know so i think we we can look at what we don't have yeah as as a standard or we can look at what we do have the gospel's Mm. been able to be out there to more people than it's ever been in new ways and innovative ways and actually i i feel personally like as a as the church you know the big church we've we've lost a lot of our width but we've gained a lot of depth Hmm. you know so the people that you're journeying with like i don't spend five minutes speaking to a hundred people anymore i spend a hundred minutes speaking to five people Hmm. and actually those relationships are so much deeper so much Hmm. more intentional Hmm. and and i just think that's such a better approach to the kingdom that's amazing now i I, um connected with you at at deep impact which is just a brilliant conference for youth Mm. ministers all across scotland and i i think i remember last last year saying to a couple of youth workers do you ever feel like a bit isolated in your youth work and one of them said well i'm youth worker across five different islands in the highlands and i was like oh so that's isolation in a way that i've never experienced and of course all of us now have a a shared experience about isolation Mm. Do you, you know, what have you seen across Scotland in those communities where youth ministry is so challenging anyway and under-resourced or just aren't many churches? Have you seen anything of those youth workers across Scotland? What's What's been going on? What's encouraged you? Yeah, so um, so we, so we, I actually have a small um, well, a small group of youth workers um, who were, we've got a messenger group called Youth and That. Terribly imaginative. Um, and then within that, there's maybe, I don't know, 100 people, 150 people or something. And right at the start of lockdown, I, I got them all together and we did a weekly call just to spend time together and share ideas. And we, we put a Google document together. So if anyone came across an amazing podcast like this, you know, it went on the list. A new book came out. It went on the list so that actually we were able to support one another. And then we've kept those calls rolling. So we now do them fortnightly. But the hope is from that space that it's really about actually bringing us all in together. And if you're out there on your own, you're not on your own. We're all here mm-hmm. to support, you know. So we've got people in, um, like, so Fraser is up in Orkney doing amazing work with some churches up there. Mm-hmm. But he's been able to pick up ideas from things that have been maybe happening on the mainland or, mm-hmm. you know, in the borders and, and actually, Deep Impact is amazing in Scotland at bringing people together once a year to do that. But mm. actually, lockdowns allowed us to make that more of a, a weekly or fortnightly wow, occurrence. Wow, that's fantastic, so, yeah. So I think it's just, you know, if, if we're being intentionally relational, if we're truly being kingdom family together, we need to walk these hard yards together. And mm. at times like this, we need to connect more rather than connect less. 
but busyness would suggest that you connect less. Yeah. Do you know, it, it's a... There's a there's a little thought there, which is, as we get back to uh, busyness, you know, as mm. going forward, there's a there's a temptation to drop some of these things that we've we've done, and and and, and I wonder whether there are some lessons that you're learning now where you're thinking. When we get back to whatever normal looks like, we don't want to lose. We don't want to lose that. We're going to carry on doing that in some way. So, when mm. do you see, you know, as you uh, as you move into some sort of hopeful future, uh, you know, what do you think you'll retain from this time? Yeah, absolutely. Like, so I I have put an hour in my diary every day, Martin, for prayer, um, from four till five, because I realised at the start of lockdown, I wasn't doing anything except going to Zoom meetings. And I didn't have travel time in between. I didn't have any breaks because I was just sitting at my desk. It was just like the dump, the dump, the dump. So I was like, I need to, my diary is my ability to fight this. So I put an hour in for prayer every day. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, I don't always pray. Sometimes I just curl into a ball and sit on the couch and rock yeah. myself gently back and forth. Maybe that's a form of prayer. Yeah, I but, think it um, might be. Yeah, yeah. But, but I've... I've <clears throat> I've just owned that and I'm not going to let that go. Like, I'm going to say like, that's my time just to sit with, sit with dad and just say, actually, I need that in my day. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing that I, I really take from it is this, this joined up togetherness that we've got with the group and things like, you know, I've got some other friends we meet weekly on a Saturday night in Des's lockdown speakeasy, which may be <laughs> a type of whiskey appreciation society. But, um, those those few guys that I've been journeying that with, like that that's held us together through this time. And actually, you know, that's church for me at the moment in a lot of ways. You know, I'm going really deep with these guys, really intentionally with these guys. I, I don't want to give that up. Mm. You know, these are my best friends and I used to speak to them maybe once a week or twice a mm. week. And now I actually spend three or four hours with them every week. Mm. Like it's it's just a different paradigm and and actually, I don't want to let that go. Mm. I think there's lots of people now listening, thinking, do I need to be male and Scottish to join this speakeasy? Or can I just sneak in? It sounds amazing, Des. It sounds amazing. There are special invites available. Are there? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. sounds amazing. I, I suppose I'd, I'd like to ask you, um, I mean, one of the challenges for all of us in lockdown is losing a line of sight with young people who we might have met through community outreach, just chatting on the street, you know, connecting in schools or whatever. So I suppose it's a bit of a tough question to ask on one level, but I'd love to hear from you as, as someone who is an outrageous evangelist, looking forward, how the, how the church engages with emerging generations as we sort of realise that the nosedive of how many young people have been lost to the church, not forever, yeah. but just you know, the, the, that kind of regular contact. What is your heart? What is your dream for the church moving forward in terms of engaging with young people on the fringes, on the edges? Wow, what a great question. Um, I, I, think, I think we are duty-bound to rethink our approach and and i mean that i mean that with all the grace and all the love in the world like i love the local church i completely you know i'm an ordained minister like i genuinely believe in the local yeah. church but actually are we answering the questions of this generation are we really wrestling with their thinking and their understanding you know and um, you know look at the rise of environmentalism you know the research that just came out between uh, you guys and um you know, tear fund, yeah. fund, yeah, sorry. 
I said I was going to get dragged over the coals for not knowing it was tier funds, but it's okay, I don't mind. Um, but the the real thing with that is like actually, what do, what does that say? Like this, these are issues that young people are hungry to talk about, like genuinely want equipping on. Like, are are we are we doing that? Are we listening to the voices of these young people and saying how can we serve you the best that we can? Mm. And and I think when we look at we we had some research that came out in Scotland in 2014 called Transforming Scotland. And there were seven key things that they interviewed non-Christians and they said, you know, what would you like the church to talk about? And there was these seven topics. Now, I took those seven topics, wrote sermons about them. I preached my wee heart out because I was like, this is stuff that people are interested in. But surely the whole church should have been seeing that. The whole church should have been going, well, where do we meet the needs of these people? And I actually do think to steal some, some words from Father James Mallon, who's an amazing Catholic leader and rewriting the rule books in the Catholic Church, so to speak. But he talks about this idea of going from maintenance to mission. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think that's what's happening within the church. Like, we've had a lot of churches that have just been in that maintenance place mm-hmm. and are actually hungry to step into mission. And we need to be able to help to equip them to do that. So I think I would love to see churches take that step. But start in the start by asking your young people, you know, like, say to them, like, genuinely, what do you want to talk about? Don't just tell me that I'm doing a great job. Don't don't just tell me that you love Jesus. Like, what do you want to talk about? What do your friends want to talk about? Like, I think that's where we need to reposition ourselves. Now, I, I don't want to let you go without talking a little bit about Alpha. Mm. Um, and I think you, you, you know, um, you were quite vocal. As you said, it was, I think you said it was the greatest invention in the history of the world or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, which, it's not far away. It's not far no, away. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, in your current role, I, I imagine that's a good thing to, to believe. But th- <laughs> you, you will be aware, won't you, that this is, that, that it's a little bit divisive, Alpha. So there's some, anything that is successful, anything that is that it achieves any kind of scale then attracts some um, scepticism, cynicism, you know, and, and it's different people have different of those. Mm. Um, you know, people will be thinking, oh, yeah, but Alpha, does it really work? Um, you know, so maybe you could just talk into that a little bit. You know, what, is it, what does it practically look like to actually run an online Alpha course for young yeah. people? And why is it working? Yeah, so I think, I think you're absolutely right. Like, I think there's always going to be oh, well, I'm not sure about this, or why is it 11 weeks? Can we not do it in four? Or, you know, maybe we'll just do our own thing because Nikki's a bit posh, you know, or <laughs> Ben and Jason don't really work. Like, But but the reality for for me is that it's it's a vehicle to allow conversation to happen. And, and that's the key thing. Like, Alpha's never trying to give people an answer. It's just saying, here's here's some evidence. Here's Here's what we think. Let's discuss it. And there's there's never any more pressure than that. I think sometimes um, people have felt that pressure to you know as Christians like you know we look at great evangelists like Billy Graham and you go oh right Billy Graham could have stood up with a five pound note waved it in the air and said would anyone like to become a Christian and a thousand people would have went forward you know he was supernaturally gifted and anointed to do that and we sometimes feel like we are supposed to like give these answers to see those people make the decision it's a journey like and if you want to know about alpha working i was a guest on alpha 13 years ago Hmm. like i was a drug addict bouncer who 
went on an alpha course and and now I'm a reverend and leading alpha and doing all this stuff like you know God's taking me on this miraculous journey and and it's all because people created a space to let me ask questions didn't force their answers down my throat and genuinely cared for me you know and in that space I got to see the grace of God so actually if you know if you're looking for an opportunity to spend some time with people to let them see the holy spirit just shine out alpha's mm-hmm. a great way of doing that and mm-hmm. to be honest if you were going to come up with a way of reaching this generation you would say we want to do something that's light we want to do something that's accessible something that's probably got high video content and that allows them to have conversation and hear let them be heard mm-hmm. you end up with alpha that's amazing i love what you just said I needed space to find that there's a greater God. I mean, that's it, isn't it? I can just hear everyone listening going, actually, that's the heart. We just want this generation to get into that space where they get to meet the greater God. That's amazing. Des, thank you so much for joining us all the way from Scotland. We love you so much. So, Rach, really great to meet uh, your, your old friend, Des. Really lovely to meet him. Weird. To, it's weird, this thing of the last year, meeting people for the first time, isn't it? Where you've never met them in person. So you've literally just met, like, their head and shoulders, yes. essentially. Um, yes. Which is, is really interesting. Like, one day we're going to meet, like, we're going to have a, another first meeting at some point. Do you um, think we'll all be a bit socially awkward? Are we... Do you, do you I think you are already be? extremely socially awkward. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm past that. Yeah. I don't really care. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we will. I mean, you, mm. do, you know, things like hugging. Weirdly, we haven't talked about hugging, but I know everyone feels a little bit of like a, a, yes. an absence of, of that uh, or a sense of loss about that. And yet when we are allowed to again, there will be this weird period where we're like, uh, is it all right? You might you might have something else. You might not have COVID, but you might have something something else that I don't want to catch. Do you think there'll be a government announcement that we can hug? Like, how will we know? That would be I, odd. I, I will want somebody at five o'clock on that podium in front of 10 Downing Street, some scientists from SAGE to say... Rachel Gardner, you are now able to start hugging. Like, let they'll have, we know. They'll have a new scheme, hug out to help out. And everyone will be... <laughs> and then they're like, three months later, oh, that was a bad idea. Sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Gosh, we nearly yeah, got political there. Yeah, we nearly yeah. got political there. <laughs> so I thought one of the really interesting things there's talked about was, um, you know, the, the effectiveness of Alpha in mm. this time of, of, of pandemic, where all of us mm-hmm. have just, if there's one thing... The majority of us, you know, have been feeling is, gosh, it's so hard to reach beyond the church when you're not even you haven't now even got a place to attract people to. You can broadcast into the ether. But if you're doing something on Zoom, it's incredibly hard to to bring someone new into that space. So I hope some people actually, you know, if you can disregard and disengage your your skepticism for a for a moment and that might be healthy skepticism you know there's some there's some really good news in the fact that quite a lot of people are saying yes we've run courses like alpha and they have actually been successful are you done you've done some alpha up in uh, in Preston. yes yes we have um, um we've not run other courses like i know some churches have run the, the marriage course or different things we also run something called rework which is again one of those that you think just won't won't work because it's about young adults who have struggled to find work and education 
and 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 they they do this coaching thing online but again we found the same principle which is once people can actually get themselves into the zoom room which i think is a i would say feels like a bit almost more social anxiety mm. Um, but once they can do it, then they feel the relief and like, oh, it's other people and they want to see me. And actually, the, the, the acceleration of intimacy is extraordinary, Martin. I, mm. I was really nervous running the first alpha. I thought it's going to be awful. I'm going to, you know, how, how am I going to, how am going to read body language? But amazingly, it does, in inverted commas, work. If, if what you're looking for is safe space, people can own what they're saying, they can ask questions, they can be reflective and they can feel valued and heard. It, it absolutely works. Mm. It absolutely works. I, I guess very simple. Ver- I'm oversimplifying massively here. But um, evangelism is engaging someone in a conversation about the sort of mm. big questions of life. Um, and then obviously there is an invitation to the Christian story in there somewhere. But um, But actually, in a time where things were normal on an even keel, as we expected them to be, those those kind of questions and conversations were much more buried, weren't they? You had to do a fair amount of excavating and a fair amount of work in a conversation to get someone to talk about, you know, the 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 nature of life itself. Whereas whereas in a time of pandemic, I don't know about you, someone says, How are you? You you're in the street, a stranger or someone you barely know comes up to you and says, How are you doing? And you go, You all do, everyone does the same thing. You sort of blow out your che- <sighs> blow out your cheeks yeah. and say, "Cool, oh, well, in the circumstances, doing okay. It's tough, isn't it?" You start talking about, you know, how life is different, how things are different, and you immediately you're into the stuff of life yeah. in yeah. a way that that in normal times you're not. And so I I do think that might hang over into this next season that people are more willing to say what just happened, like what yes. was that, and how do we rebuild. So there is an opportunity for us to have intentional conversations, which yeah. is a terrible Christian phrase, isn't it? Much more easily without doing all the heavy lifting that we might have had to do before. Absolutely. And I think I think you're absolutely right. I think I've noticed that if you if if, if it you, you have to read the moment, don't you? Because there are people that walk past you on the street who walk right back from you and are obviously highly anxious about mm. you know, so you wouldn't engage them. In don't hug those people. No, don't hug them. But we we have done in moments when we've been allowed to between lockdowns, wearing face shields and visors, we mm. have done street evangelism because that's what we do up here. It just mm. those conversations, Rachel. But I think because as you say our relationships are so starved and so thin when somebody is saying to you how are you it's like they've been willing to reach across this great divide called covid and mm. reach out to you and say how are you they're almost you know, that's almost a picture for how we always see the, the conversation of the gospel it's us reaching out but it actually never before has it felt so illustrative mm. <laughs> like i am actually standing here wearing a face visor but my sole purpose is i want to talk to you mm. um and, and, and I want to talk to you about real stuff. And I think we found that the face-to-face street evangelism has, with young people as well that sit around the back of the minster, has taken on a new level. Because as you say, you, you, the only people who, who are saying, how are you doing, are those who genuinely want to know. And, and we're not doing anything else, so we're not going anywhere. Let's sit and chat. I would be interested to see how Youth Alpha Online has been going. Because we found that that's been more difficult the young people have not really wanted to do Alpha Online. They want to do the set weekly things that we've got, but they've not really invited their friends stuff. That's been a bit harder. 
Mm. Um, so, but I mean, you. Yeah, you, we ran you it. You've run youth art, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, we ran it, and I'd say we saw. A, a couple of people bring friends and remember the yeah. context keeps changing so believe changing, me when i say yeah. this was okay at the time but there was one group of young people who were um although we were doing we were sort of broadcasting it on youtube mm-hmm. we um we had groups of young people gathered in homes there was a point where that was okay mm-hmm. and actually people did feel like they could invite their friends into that so i do wonder whether mm-hmm. once once we get back into that phase that we're all dreaming of where we can we can have non-socially distanced youth work yeah, that could yeah. be a very good moment to immediately in, encourage the young people that we that we do still have connection with you know yes. why don't you bring your friends you know invite them into this space um, we'll talk about some stuff that will be interesting to them so yes. um so yeah i found it, it 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 did work for us not on any mm. massive scale at all we didn't see mm. you know huge revival or anything like that but we did see uh you know one or two young people kind of grow into the group through that we had a really interesting story it's not about a young person actually but the very first alpha that we ran here at preston minster a guy from abu dhabi um who has he was originally from preston um, wanted to see what was going on in churches in Preston, got involved in our online um, alpha. Then between two of the lockdowns, came back home, mum not very well, and actually started attending our church. So that's one of those extraordinary wow. stories where he was able to access a church community from the other side of the world and yeah, and, and attended alpha and all that goes with that. So, that, so there have been some really interesting, fun stories oh, love about that. connection. But I wonder if what we've learned is that sometimes we've thought, and in youth work too, it's the tuck shop that gets the young people, it's the food, and you know it's interesting when our evangelistic methods have had to be stripped back of anything bar yeah. relationship and conversation yeah. do we have faith that's enough and yeah. maybe that's the great shocker is that well actually it is so really interesting conversation again great to have des uh, on do look up youth alpha uh, wherever you are there's some brilliant resources they're all free um so do take advantage of that uh, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, podcast at youthscape.co.uk. You can get us through the socials. Uh, leave us a review on whatever. Uh, I, Apple Podcasts, I think, is the, the one that takes reviews. Uh, tell your friends. Write us a letter. I don't know. Whatever you want. We'll be back with another Youthscape podcast next week. Love you.